My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and this is Scanner School, a podcast that is always here to help you learn more about the scanner radio hobby. With that said, this is a Ask Scanner School session, or Ask Scanner School session number seven. This is a podcast session number 67. So in today's session, I will be answering your questions. If you have a question you'd like to have answered on a future Ask Scanner School, and we do this about once a month, you can go to scannerschool.com slash ask. And I take a couple of email questions, or if you use SpeakPipe, or if you want to leave us a voicemail, and again, all information is on scannerschool.com slash ask, then I will go through them. I grab about four or five of them, and I answer them once a month. So again, if you have any questions that you'd like to have answered on a future podcast, scannerschool.com slash ask. Now again, like usual, this podcast is sponsored by East Coast Pagers. East Coast Pagers is, again, one of my online companies where a unication of Apollo Swiss phone dealers serving the U.S. market. So we sell alphanumeric products as well as today's most advanced voice messaging pagers. So from analog to P25 and now even DMR, we've got you covered. So we always include spare book clips on our voice pages. So the Unication G series, the S-Quad series by Swiss phone or even the Apollos, if anybody's in the market for those. Um, and we also do complimentary programming if available. So again, contact East Coast Pagers, eastcoastpagers.com for a custom quote for either your individual need or for your department. Again, that's eastcoastpagers.com. Welcome to The Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. All right. So again, my name is Phil Lichtenberg. I'm here to call science to be 2 lae And again, this is Scanner School. We teach you everything you need to know about the scanner radio hobby. And that is the and that is the theme of today's podcast. You've got questions, I've got answers, or I try to have answers, and that sounds like a Radio Shack ad, but I think it was Radio Shack. Maybe it's Best Buy. But whatever. I try my best to answer your questions that you've submitted. And using our contact form at scannerschool.com slash ask. So without any more rambling, we'll get right into the questions. We've got a couple of them in here um, that we'll, we'll go through and answer as best as we can. All right. So here we go. Blaine from North Dakota writes, I have a BCD 436 HP handheld and an RS Pro 197, both capable of P25, PH1 and 2, as I'm sure you know but I'm having an issue that has been driving me absolutely bonkers. I don't expect you to know the answer, but I'm going to throw it out there. For this question, I'll just focus on the 436 because I haven't updated the 197 in a while, but I keep my 436 up to date with Sentinel, both firmware and the main database from Radio Reference. I think I know what I'm doing, but this problem makes me think I don't. So North Dakota State Radio, uses P25, and there is no trunking, so it should be straightforward. On both my scanners, I'm missing parts of the conversations. I have the best antennas. I know I have full signal strength, but I get conversations that are sometimes very clear on dispatch or sometimes very clear from the unit. Other times there's garble, and most times I only hear one part of the conversation either from base or units. Ugh, it sounds like I have trunking set up wrong, but I don't see that there are any trunked systems. Anyway, the fact that it happens on both scanners is weird and should be a clue, 
but I take my handheld out from the house, and no matter where I am in the county, I have the same issues. Hey, Blaine. Really, really great question here, and I thought about this in a couple of different ways. I think I might have a solution here, but you threw me for a curveball when you said sometimes you hear the bass and sometimes you hear the mobile and you're missing one or the other. But again, I think I know what is going on here. So what I did was I looked at the link you provided to the North Dakota State Patrol, and I do notice that there are uh, the regular analog and there's also P25. And there's no there's no trunking on that system which is what you were saying. Uh, also, to back up a little bit, the Pro 197 is only a Phase 1 radio. It doesn't do Phase 2, but that's a moot point when it comes to what we're talking about here because we're talking about conventional P25, so we're not worried about Phase 1, Phase 2. That only comes into play when we're talking about trunking, but just so you're aware of that, that the uh, 185 is not a Phase 2 radio. But going back to what you're talking about here is we have a, a setup where you have a bunch of conventional frequencies you have an analog version and you have a digital version. So first of all, make sure that you have uh, the radio set up correctly on, on the 436. So for example, you have um, you have 154.695 and that's an analog frequency. Then you have again the same frequency, 154.695 as a P25. Make sure your scanner is set up with the PL tone for the analog and the NAC code for the digital. So that's going to force the radio one way or the other to be digital or to be analog. Uh, you, you could put it in as being open and then make sure you set your, uh, your P25 wait time to a low value so that the scanner will jump into analog mode right away if it doesn't detect that's a P25. Still don't think that's your problem here. The other thing you could look at is setting the, uh, the digital threshold mode which basically tells the scanner what voltage levels, voltage windows really to, to set for the P25. One of them really being here is the value in which the scanner, the signal value, the RSSI, which the scanner will now not attempt to make the P25 fine-tune adjustments. So if the signal is too low, the receiver reliability is not high enough to make the P25 adjustments correctly. So you may want to tweak that setting in uh, in the scanner as well, and that would be under system options uh, and under this the uh, system options in the programming. Okay, what I really think your problem here is now again you, you kind of threw me for a loop when you said that sometimes you hear half and sometimes you don't, and again I think now that I'm thinking about it now on the fly here I I think that's also a clue. What I believe is happening. And I went on a real reference, and I just did a quick search in North Dakota, which confirms my suspicion, is this network you're looking at is set up the exact same way that my local state police are set up, where it's a duplex system. Here in New York, we have a dedicated, well, we have a dispatch frequency. And then there's a second frequency where all the mobiles talk back to base. So it's... Not really like a repeater. It's, it's simplex, but it's two frequency simplex. All right, it's duplex really, because the the both stations keep at the same time and hear the other people talking if they had to. And um, so, what you have to remember here is if the scanner stops listening, or 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 holds on a delay time onto say the dispatch frequency, 
you might miss the other half of the conversation. Likewise, if the scanner rolls off this bank, you might miss it as well. So put another way is you have frequency A, which is where the dispatcher is. And then you have frequency B, where all the mobiles are replying to the dispatcher on. You have to set the scanner up so that it's going to have time to cycle between A, B, A, B, A, B, A, B, or you're going to miss out on what the conversations are. So what I would recommend doing on your 436 is set the system hold time on this to say something like five seconds. Five seconds might be an extreme, but it might help you out on this situation. Set the delay time to zero so that once the transmission is over, the scanner will immediately start looking for another frequency to find the re uh, the second half of the conversation on. Now, again, you did say you have the best antennas, but you also said you had a handheld. And you said this doesn't matter where you are in the county. So when you had said that, I start looking at, well, maybe there's multiple repeater sites and maybe you're getting simulcast issues because, you know, again, there's P25 here. What I really think is going on is you're using your handheld. And again, I'm, I'm just assuming here that you're using your handheld with a, with a mobile or a handheld antenna. You might be hearing most of the dispatch. You only may be hearing the mobiles that are close enough to you to actually pick them up. You're not going to get an answer from somebody else that's miles away because it's point-to-point -point and it's simplex at that point right to you. You're not going to hear them. It's just a fact of life. If you have an external antenna on the roof of your house, you'll be able to listen to a larger footprint. So again, going back to my example, I live about six blocks off the parkway. If there's a state trooper within a couple of exits of here, I'll be able to hear them fine with my handheld radio. If I switch over to my rooftop antenna, or for you guys on the other side of the ocean, my rooftop aerial, um, I can hear most of my county, but I'm still not going to hear the next county over from me that still operate within Troop L. I'm not going to hear the count, you know, in more than 50 miles away. It's, it's just not going to happen. So you have to remember that as well. So I think what you really need to do here is just realize that you may not be able to hear both sides of the conversation here because it's simplex, simplex on two different frequencies. You've got to give the radio time to go through each one of them. And unless you were sitting close to where the transmitters are or the actual vehicle that's doing the transmitting, you're not going to hear both sides of the conversation. So to summarize what I am going to theorize what the answer here would be. Set your system hold time. First of all, let's back up. Set this to its own system. Set the system hold time to about five seconds. Now, it'd be a bit aggressive. You may want to dial it back to four or three. Set the delay time to zero seconds. And then see how you make out. Also, make sure your squelch is at the right setting, too. You don't want the squelch set too high as well. And then see if it improves if you have an outside antenna that's on the roof of your house. But that's where I'm going to say... Uh, might possibly help you out here. Now, again, I will put for anybody who's interested, I'm going to put a link to this statewide state statewide radio system that uh, Blaine gave to us in the session notes. And Blaine, I'm also going to put the response I found on Radio Reference for this uh, for this type of scenario, also in the session notes on the website as well. Blaine, thank you so much for your question. Hopefully, I've answered it uh, correctly. And uh, let me know how you're making out after uh, after this. All right, Colleen, let's go on to our next question, please. Frank writes, 
Which handheld police scanners are the best for entering your area code and picking up police activity for that given area? Great question, Frank. That basically puts us into two camps. You're in the Home Patrol camp for Uniden, and you're also in the TRX camp for Whistler. Now, it depends which one you want to go with, which one floats your boat to say. Um, there's the definitely the Uniden fan base, and there's also the Whistler fan base. So let's talk about Uniden first, only because it's alphabetical, right? We have several different options when it comes to Uniden. Again, we're looking at the Home Patrol line. So current radios right now, 2019, we're looking at the Home Patrol 2, the BCD-436HP, the BCD-536HP, the SDS-100, and the SDS-200. Out of all of these, the one I wouldn't really recommend is the HP-2. I'm just not really a fan of that layout on that radio. Now, again, all the radios that I just talked about are all Home Patrol databases, Home Patrol radios. It's just the interface is slightly different. The Home Patrol 2 is basically a desktop-only unit. I mean, you can take it mobile, you can take it portable, it does have batteries in it, but I just, it's just not the right form factor for me the way I like it. I don't like the touchscreen. It's just, to me, it slows me down. It's just not something I enjoy using. Uh, I do have the Home Patrol 1 with the Extreme Update, but I was never really interested in upgrading that to the Home Patrol 2. Okay. Again, it's all my own personal pr- uh, preference. If you're looking for something that's pretty easy to use, you know, and take it out, you, you can go with the Home Patrol 2. You're not really going to miss out on things. It's just my recommendation just not to do it. But uh, if you're looking for something just to take out of the box, pop a zip code in, and never touch it again, that might just work well for you. Uh, again, all of these radios, you're going to need to at least sync it up with Sentinel to do a database update. Make sure you do a database update if you purchase it and take it out of the box. Sometimes that the database that ships with the unit can be several months old. Okay, And that could be enough sometimes too to completely allow you to miss a lot of transmissions. All right. Next up on the block, we have the 436-536 pair. I love my BCD-436. I love my BCD-536. There's nothing wrong with these radios. They are both Phase 2 capable. Okay, with They do have DMR, NXDN, and Pro Voice as paid upgrades. The price on these two have dropped because of the SDS-100 and SDS-200. And so you can get into about $450 on a BCD-436HP. Uh, you didn't really say where you were. I'm assuming United States, but if you're overseas, you're going to be looking at, I believe it's the 436T or something like that uh, overseas. But again, it's the same close enough model number that, that you'd be able to get there. Um, both great radios, both of what you want. Again, they are several years old, but they will work really well for the pumping in your zip code. Again, make sure you do a database update first using Sentinel. Finally, we have the new kids on the block, the SDS-100, SDS-200. Now, I would really suggest right now you would only go with those two radios if you are in a heavy simulcast environment and we know you're in an area where the 436 and 536 probably wouldn't work for you. Now, again, if you need a refresher on simulcast, you can always go back through our archives and go and look at Scanner School Session 18, scannerschool.com slash session 18. That's where we talked about simulcast and how to overcome it. But uh, the 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 SDS one hundred SDS two hundred 
comes at a premium. They are this year's release or, or late last year's release. So I still would consider them a 2019 scanner. Uh, they do phenomenal in a simulcast environment, which is what they were made for. They have color displays now. And uh, they are slick little radios. I, I am enjoying using both the SDS-100, SDS-200. And the SDS-200 right now is my favorite desktop scanner. Uh, it's just sexy as hell, to put it that way, when it's turned on. And uh, when, you know, when you have it set up with the color display, it just looks beautiful. So, uh, and, and again, for those of us, in fact, I just had a, a conversation with uh, somebody who lives local to me, too. And uh, he said, we saw my SDS-200. He goes, oh, I, I wish it was more like the 996XT or 996P2. It's it's not. It's a different radio. It's a different architecture. It's a different programming environment. It's not a DMA scanner. It's going to operate differently. But once you get used to the way that it works, and again, all these scanners are the Home Patrol database. So going from one to the other isn't such a headache. And you can seamlessly go between the 436, 536, SDS-100, and SDS-200 using the same flavor of software. The, S, uh, the HP-2 uses a different flavor of Sentinel. So that being said, uh, you know, 436, 536, SDS-100, SDS-200, depending on your budget. Let's put it that way and depending whether or not you simulcast. Now, do you also need DMR? Do you need NXDN? You're going to pay $60 each. So that's going to inflate your price by $120 if you need both NXDN and DMR. So now let's look at the TRX-1 and the TRX-2 by Whistler. These radios include DMR and NXDN. Now they're a little bit more money than the 436 and 536, but if you need to have, again, NXDN and P2, uh, DMR, then this, there's savings at that point as well. The software is a little bit clunkier, uh, proprietary software when it comes to TRX 1 and 2. There's no third-party software for that one like there is for the Unidents. Um, but they do a good job once you get a hang for using the software. The software, to me, was a real pain in the neck. And, uh, in fact, I found it so frustrating that I'm making training videos so that nobody else has to go through the same headache that I went through when trying to program these radios. But in the end, um, they do work. They are zip code programmable as well. So again, you really only need to use the software, the EasyScan software, to update the database. If you're going to use EasyScan to update the database, then you won't have the headache like I had. But if you want to create your own favorites list, text some Advil. So again, the TRX-1, the TRX-2, not bad. I have my TRX-2 sitting on the other computer right now, uh, just monitoring a couple of systems that are locally here. In fact, I don't even really have it on a P25 system, but it's great. It's got a detachable front faceplate on it. So if you have it in an area where you need something that's low profile, it's definitely skinnier than the uh, the, the standard DIN model. So that's nice as well. So if you have a uh, limited in real estate, you need something with detachable faceplate, the TRX2 is, is something to look at. Uh, again, that's a little bit more money than uh, than you didn't but again if you need nxdn and dmr then there you go so that's basically going to be up to you as as to what it is that you need but those are my recommendations i i gave you a couple of radios i gave you six radios to choose from and uh all would be very good choices when it comes to zip code programming all right and again as a bonus if you just like the hp2 there's nothing wrong with that it's just my own personal opinion that i'm just not really a fan of the uh of the way that it works with the interface with the display so all right frank I know that was a bit long-winded, but uh, I hope that answers your question. All right, Colleen, let's go on to another one. Michael from Cincinnati, Ohio writes, Phil, 
I would like to know what the difference is between a quick key and a number tag in Uniden's Sentinel program. While we're at it, how do you fill out the WX tab in the profile page? I would have thought Uniden would have put out a whole series on the program. Anyway, thanks for your time, Michael. These are uh, two different things, but I don't know why they map them this way, to be honest. So the system key, you got to think of it as a scan bank. That's really the best way to, to, to put it. So if you wanted to um, quickly, you know, knock out a bunch of scan lists at the same time, that's when you would use your system key. So if you had, uh, say, for example, you had police, fire, EMS, OEM, right, as, as your four agencies there, and you go police one, fire two, um, I don't know why I said for three and four, but uh, police, fire, EMS, and OEM, right? So that way, so one, two, three, four. While the radio is in scan, you can use the keypad one, two, three, four to toggle those banks or systems off and on. That's really all that a system key is. It's it's just another alias for a bank, but it's not really a bank. But it it's the best way to describe this. Now a system number tag is a value from zero to ninety nine where you can quickly jump straight to that bank if you're in hold mode. So if you hold the scanner and you want to go right to bank five, you could just hit five or zero five and it would jump right into that bank while you're holding, then you can cycle through the thing. So really to keep your life simple, you may just want to set up the system and this, the both systems, the, the quick key and the number tag, the exact same. So you're not worried about forgetting which one is which. Personally, I don't even bother. I don't bother setting either one of those up. I have quite a bit of systems in my home patrol radios, and I just use the onboard memory. I don't worry about memorizing the system keys. I don't worry about memorizing the number tags. I don't program them. It's just, to me, it's not something that um, makes scanning any easier for me. Normally, when I take my, my home patrols out, I'm, I'm doing something very specific with it. I want to have everything in there but I want to be able to drill it down and I just use the set scan list off and on. And that's just how I go through it. And I toggle each one off and on. And um, to me, that's just the easy way to do it. But you know, everybody does things differently. I understand why some people may want to have the quick keys and the, and, and the group keys and everything else. But to me, it just, um, it adds a little bit of a complexity to, to this, the whole setup of it. And, um, I'm at the point right now where I just don't need that little extra layer of, of something to slow me down. So to me, it's just a lot faster just to toggle things by going into the memory system and turning them off and on. So that's just as where I am. But again, it could be quicker if I was constantly turning the same things off and on. Yeah, I would understand you'd want the system keys on as well. But, um, you know, that's it's the same but different is really all it comes down to. So good luck with that. Don't get confused. Just set them both the same. Okay, now to answer your question about the weather tab. The weather tab is a little tricky in itself, but it's not as bad as as you think. So what you need are the FIPS codes or the same codes that NOAA Weather Radio uses. And again, I'm, I'm assuming North America here. And you can find those online by going to uh, NOAA.gov or even just doing you know same codes, S-A-M-E. So you can have multiple same codes or FIPS codes in an existing county. So for my county where I am, I believe there's there's one, but it covers two zones, the north and the south. My neighboring county, they just broke that into different 
zones as well. But if you say you want to listen to, uh, again, from an example here, or just in general example, you have your county and you have a north, south, east, west zone, and they break it into quadrants like that. You can first program in uh, county, the first county, name the county, and then you can put up to eight same codes in for alert. Or you just put the one that covers you. I mean, normally what I like to do is I like to put my immediate area in. So for where I'm in Nassau County on uh, on Long Island, I'll actually put the five boroughs of New York City plus mine plus Suffolk County. So that if anything's coming in from the east or from the west, and, and most of the time the weather comes in from the west, at least I get some sort of alert that there's something barreling down and maybe we'll have some warnings issued in my area as well. So again, you name the county or you name the system. So I'll just name it, you know, Tri-State or, or First Alert or whatever it is if you feel like naming it. And then I'll put the FIPS codes in for uh, my county at least. And then Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, Manhattan, and the Bronx. Just so that, you know, I'm, I'm covered. Uh, or again, I'll make another one up. I just call it Nassau. And I'll just put Nassau County in there by itself. Then what you do is you go into weather alert standby settings, and then you pick which county you want to alert for. And then the scanner just sits there and waits for those same codes or just that particular one that you've programmed in in order to come over. And once they come over, the radio will then react to it and, um, and alert. So it's different from a NOAA weather radio receiver where that's just a generic. Whenever there's a, an alert tone, it will open up. So no matter what it's for, no matter where it is, as long as it hears it, it will pick it up. So again, uh, my local NOAA weather station that now comes out of Riverhead, New York, which is on the East End, uh, that made alert for parts of Connecticut and, and, of course, most of Long Island. Whereas when the one that comes back up in New York City because that one's supposed to be coming back again soon because it's off the air. That one would alert for Long Island, New York City, Jersey, Connecticut. So if you had a NOAA weather radio listening to that one, you would get alerts all the time that may not really apply to you. With a same code, you got to think of it as being like a PL code or a DPL code or a NAT code or something like that that filters out exactly what, is, what you want to hear. So when that FIPS code is transmitted, when that same code is transmitted, that's when your scanner will then alert that there is something going on. Now, as a side note, you could also set up a pager as a no weather alert radio because I believe the hertz tone on that one, and I'm just going to the top of my head, I think it is, is 1050 hertz, 1050 hertz. I think that's the actual tone that it looks for, but you can really set up if you had an old Minuter pager or if you got one of the new communications or a Swiss phone and you have it set up for no weather radio, you can put that in there and that would also trigger your pager to go off. And again, it wouldn't be programmed for FIPS codes or same codes. It would just be that that's the tone that goes over the air before the announcement actually takes place. So hopefully that answers all the questions you had on, uh, on, on this question. Thanks again for submitting it. Michael from Tampa, Florida writes, Hi, Phil. I have the BCD 436 HP. Is the SDS 100 better than the 436? I've noticed the 436 is staticky. If the SDS 100 is better, I may get it. Also, do I need the add-ons for the scanner? I'm in Tampa, Florida. Thanks, Michael Collins. All right, so we got back-to-back Michaels here. <laughs> so, um, I'm looking at the Tampa, uh, was this uh, Hills Hillsborough County in Florida? So, to answer. Do you need all the options for this one question first? There's a little bit of DMR. There's a little bit of NXDN when it comes to some trunk systems. That's up to you whether or not you want to listen to it. The only thing that would would push 
you one way or the other, I think, is if you need to listen to Tampa Port Authority. The uh, Tampa Port Authority is using DMR for their special ops and security facilities, engineering, and, and the cruise ships. So if you really have to listen to the Port Authority, then yes, you're going to need to have the DMR update. For other stuff, there's hospitals, there's a, a business DMR system, uh, a couple of this is the business DMRs. There's uh, some things that you may want to look at, but that's a, a judgment call on yours whether or not you would need to have the the DMR upgrade at least. Uh, there's also NXDN, but again, that would be up to you. But again, those are the only two updates I would look at. I, I don't think you would need to worry about Pro Voice, to be honest with you. Is the 436 better than the SDS100 or vice versa? Uh, it, it really makes a difference on simulcast, to be honest with you. So if you're having problems listening to the trunk system, like the um, uh, the statewide law enforcement talk group, uh, a trunk system, uh, the, the, um, the Hillsborough County P25 system, that one is, uh, is phase two as well. If you're having problems with those where you're getting a little bit of digital, you're getting a little bit of, uh, you know, bad decode on them, then maybe you would like to, uh, you know, take a look at that. But again, looking at the, the state law enforcement system, looks like you really have radio text that you can listen to right there right now. And uh, as far as the Hillsboro, you do have simulcast on here, the Western and East simulcast. And you just have a couple of digital talk groups on here. Well, again, Tampa Bay Fire Rescue is on there, uh, County Sheriff and Tampa parking. So uh, it, it you may be better off. It depends. It de- Again, it depends how your situation is, where you're located, if the 436 is working well enough for you. Uh, again, the SDS-100 is going to really help you when it comes to simulcast, where it looks like, you know, the, the Tampa system, I'm sorry, the Hillsbury County P25 system does have an East and a West simulcast. So it may help you out on there, but it if you're doing fine, the 436, then you, you go with it. When you say staticky, um, not sure if you mean that that means the analog stuff is coming in just weak because you're out of out of range or using a you know a handheld antenna or you're in an area just that's it's just going to come in staticky and getting the radio is not going to help you because you know you're using a, a, a the top of the antenna that that came with the radio, whereas having an external antenna on the roof of your house or again for our, our, our British friends in aerial, uh, I believe Australia says that as well, but. Again, that's going to be an up to you type of thing. Uh, really, the, the the strong thing on that one would be uh, to help you out with simulcast, and only you could really say if if that's a problem. I I don't know to be honest with you. So if you're having problems with simulcast, basically what you want to look out for is you're listening to a digital talk group, and or you're looking at a control channel. You look at the system, and it looks like it's 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 got a really strong signal when it goes to go on a voice channel. Maybe you're uh, just getting the R two D two you're missing parts of it or it jumps to the voice channel and you're just missing the entire transmission. It's unlegible or unreadable. Those kinds of things would, would tell you that you have a problem with simulcast. So this one, again, I'm sorry. I don't really have a decent answer for this one. It just really comes down to whether or not you have to, you have to combat simulcast is really why I would recommend the, uh, the SDS 100 over the 436. All right, Michael, thanks again for uh, for your question, and hopefully you're enjoying nice, sunny, and warm Florida. All right, so this final question came in from our voicemail line. So this is, our, I think, our first voicemail we've had that we'll be able to play on here. So if you live in the States, we have our, our local U.S.-based phone number. You can dial and leave me a voicemail, and that's also located at scannerschool.com slash ask. 
And if you want the number, it is 516-308-2885. Again, it's 516-308-2885. Again, if you're outside of the United States or you don't want to, maybe you still have to pay for long-distance phone calls, but I don't know who has to pay for those anymore. Uh, you can just leave us a message on SpeakPipe, and we'll, we can also embed that in in the podcast as well. So again, if you go to scannerschoolcom ask, you can find the phone number or a link to our SpeakPipe. So again, here's our last question for this month. And again, this is a voicemail that came in uh, at 516-308-2885. Hello, my name is Jeff McNamara. I have a question about the SDS-100. I'd like to know some about the function of the GPS receiver and exactly what it does and how it works from town to town, exactly how it inputs to the scanner. That'd be great. Thank you. Goodbye. So I love this question. This one is a real good one. So let's explain exactly how the radio knows when, first of all, how the radio knows to turn things off and on when it's when it's doing it, and then we'll talk about the GPS as a secondary. So in radio reference, every system in there is set up with a GPS center point. And then there's a radius around that. Normally it's a, um, a circle, but it could also be a polygon, or I believe it's a polygon, or it could be a rectangle. As a database admin myself, I just put in... Uh, radio, radius as as the value for this. So you have the center point, and then you have the radius for the system. But each group can also have its own. So if you have like a large statewide area type of trunk system, right, the trunk system would have a pretty large radius. And again, you wouldn't be able to hear clear across the state, a particular talk group if you have different sites. So again, you can go in there and you can you can program as as a database admin. Different sites would have its own uh, center location with the radius, and uh, I believe you can do the groups. I have to actually double check on that one, but regardless, you have a setup of GPS center points and how far out that the radio would be able to receive. So I think we kind of know when when we set up our home patrol radios and we pop in the radius in there. It's it's really an overlap, right? If you want to listen to five miles, it's five miles away from you, and anything that would be received within that five miles is actually what you're going to be able to receive on the scanner, not just what's physically five miles away from you. It's what else you can listen to five miles away. You also need to program in the the service types that you're looking for. So if you're going to use a GPS for traveling, just for example, you're going to go cross-country, right? Let's just say that. What are you interested in listening to as you're traveling cross-country? Well, I don't think you're interested in listening to utilities or public works, maybe, or hospital securities and all that kind of stuff. So you would toggle basically just what you want to listen to on. So maybe it's police. Maybe it's law enforcement dispatch, right? Law dispatch is how it's in radio reference. So now you've got your, your, um, your, your radius that you want to listen in and your service types. When you plug the GPS in and you enable it, now the radio knows exactly where you are. So basically what it's doing is it's updating that zip code variable constantly. It's not updating the zip code, but it's updating right the geographical location of the radio the same way that popping in a zip code would work. So by using the actual location of your radio with the radius and with the service types, the scanner then knows what to program in to where you're, lo- you're, you're physically located at that time. Now, as you're driving or as you're going from point A to point B and as everything in between, 
the scanner is now turning systems off and on based on your location, again, based on your service type and based on your radius as well. So instead of you having to know all the zip codes between New York and California, for example, or Maine and Florida, wherever it is you're traveling to, and popping in the zip code as, you, as you're crossing borders, the scanner just does that for you automatically based on your center point. Again, it doesn't physically put the zip code in. It's just a different way of equating zip code for geographic location versus the GPS latitude and longitude. So it's a real fancy way, really, of toggling things off and on. And again, you have to have GPS coordinates already set up for each system so that it knows where you are and where those systems are in relation to each other and what to turn off and on. But again, everything in radio reference is pretty much geotagged at this point. So as long as you do a database update and you haven't really put your own personal favorite lists to get, I mean, your own personal frequencies in or your own personal systems that don't have geotagging attached to them, scanner should work really well. So I do have the GPS puck in a drawer back here. I haven't actually taken it out of the box. I do want to hook up and play around with it myself. And uh, I'll make a couple videos on it and, and and show you guys how it works once I get it set up. But uh, uh, I, I really do want to play around that with the, with the SDS 100 and also the 436 and the 325 as well. But uh, I don't do much traveling with my scanner, so I never really set it up. It was just kind of a, a for me, just to play around with it and, and get a better understanding for how it works. But that's that's how it goes, and, and that's how the GPS would work. Again, in order to make it work, you need to have uh, geotagged frequencies or systems in radio reference that are now pushed to your radio. You need to set up your radius that you want to be able to monitor in, your service types, and then have a valid coordinate on the GPS. And that's all there is to it. All right, thank you to everybody who's submitted a question this week. Now, again, I can't answer all the questions. We do get a lot of them. So they are in the queue and uh, we have plenty to go. But again, if you're going to send in your question, do so via SpeakPipe or a voicemail number. Again, both links for those are on scannerschool.com slash ask. If you submit it in via SpeakPipe or via our voicemail, you'll cut the line. In other words, I will read the email submitted questions after I go through all of the voice questions. So as long as I haven't recorded the episode yet, you'll get right in line. And you'll be on the very next Ask Scanner School, right? So that's just how I operate and how I do it. I think it's nice to hear your voice ask the question. Not, not that Colleen doesn't have a nice voice. It's just I think it's great to hear from you directly and have me answer you. It makes it more personal to me, uh, to be honest with you. So I, I like that a lot better. But before we wrap up, I do want to thank our Patreon supporters, Scott Vorder, Craig Harper, Brian Southworth, Dan, James Felling, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, M.T. Bono, Mark Beebe, Raymond Hill, and William Arcand. Thank you all for being a supporter and your continued monthly support. If you'd like to help support Scanner School and maybe become a Patreon supporter, or maybe you're an Amazon shopper, you need software by Butel or for anything else, maybe you need some more hardware. I mean, it is that time of year, right? Um, it's always the time of year to buy new scanner stuff. You can go to scannerschool.com slash support. And we have all our links in there and how you can help support the Scanner School project. So in closing, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. So when we do our next Ask Scanner School, it will be automatically delivered to you. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Overcast FM, which has now become my most favorite podcast app out there. I just I, I like using Overcast FM. If you haven't tried it, give that one a, a try. We're also on that little Amazon device that you can talk to. 
So you can say, hey, play the Scanner School podcast, and it'll actually go ahead and fetch it, and you can listen to it uh, on that device as well. Scanner School is copyright 2019 by Monitor Long Island, Inc. I want to thank everybody again who submitted their questions, and we will talk to you again next week. So my name is Phil Lichtenberger. My amateur call sign is W2LE, and this is Scanner School. We teach you everything you need to know about the scanner radio hobby. We'll catch you all again next Tuesday, 73.